Petrangelo shoots, save, rebound, score! Nicholas Waugh ties it! Rebound goal for Nick Waugh! Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studio and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. A steal for Colasar, charging out. Colasar, the right, he shoots and scores! Colasar on the breakaway! This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your home for access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas, Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace, Chris Chapman, hanging out inside the Finley Chevrolet, Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215. Home of the... That was kind of a weak woo. Was it? Yeah. Do it again. Seemed all right. No, give us a better woo. Woo! You dug deep for that one. Well... You called me out. I did. Said it was weak. Listen, the sky's not falling. I know things feel a little dire right now. Wait, 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 wait. It's not? No, it isn't. Wait a minute. But I had listened to the postgame show last night, Ryan. What happened on the postgame show? The sky's falling, apparently. Well, that's true. Worst game they've ever played. Yeah, Richard was was pretty heated on I the heard text that. line. He was pretty heated on the text line. Okay, listen. It's not even the worst game they played this week. That's true. I'm with you there. <laughs> the Vegas Golden Knights drop last night's contest to the Nashville Predators. You get Shea Theodore back in the lineup. Things feeling pretty good, and then you lose Mark Stone. He takes a big hit really toward the end of the second period from Yakov Trenin. Does not play in the third period. We'll try to provide as, as much of an update as we can today. Understand, though, the Golden Knights were off today. They'll be back on the ice tomorrow. Probably get an official update from Bruce Cassidy, but we did get an update from Kelly McCrimmon as he was on a podcast earlier today. So we'll get to that a little bit later on. We've also got one-timers, news and notes from around the National Hockey League. We're going to talk about Quinton Byfield and a goal of the year candidate. We've also got Tyler Ferraro on the show. Tyler Ferraro has, to me, one of the coolest titles ever. Director of Entertainment Experience for the Vegas Golden Knights. He's the director of fun. Every single thing that is fun and entertaining and awesome about the Vegas Golden Knights pregame show, the festivities, the atmosphere in the building, Tyler is a big, big part of that. And we're going to pick his brain a little bit on the the ins and outs, what goes into that, and certainly some Star Wars. Yeah, he he doesn't have the name recognition that that people are casual fans or even hardcore fans of the team know mm-hmm. but it's safe to say that he's one of the most important people to well, create a positive game day experience for you when you go to T-Mobile Arena yeah I mean obviously when you go to the game you've got the game right like in so many different venues across the league that is the big ticket and it's not to say that it's not the big ticket here but you have so many other things that go into that game day experience that it creates an environment that's second to none. You know, and Tyler's a big part of that. I I can now safely say because I have been to a few different rinks around the NHL. I mean, sure. I've been to four road games this season. Yeah, and the game day experience in New Jersey, much to my dismay, <laughs> it falls flat. There, okay. there legitimately is no. They don't even. They didn't even have in rink announcers. Really? Yeah. Seriously? Seriously, they didn't have. 
anything in game like that. Like nothing going out to the crowd. Nothing like on that. Goals no. or well, they have they have an out. Ryan Tyler Toffoli scored a hat trick uh-huh. in his his third goal came in overtime. Yeah, yeah. It took like thirty seconds for the first hat to go out on the ice. Wow. Like so, people don't pay to watch Jack play. Well, they pay to watch Jack play, but they're not getting much else. Okay. In between, in between the the stoppages, and I will say. Madison Square Garden, uh-huh. A plus. Yeah. I mean, they had an opera singer do the national anthem, and then he comes back in between. You really think, hung up on that. I I loved it. It was yeah. it was awesome. Listen, I don't know anything about opera other than sure. the Bugs Bunny cartoons where he's with Elmer Fudd and and they do uh, Barber or the Rabbit of Seville. Okay, like I know that. Like that's my extent of opera. Okay, what's Wait. opera, Doc? Wait. I think that's what it's called. Oh, okay. Yeah, I I didn't understand that reference at all. <laughs> What's opera doc? Well, the opera. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> you kind of, you, you enunciated there. Okay. Ah, I got you. So we're on a tangent, but listen, before we get into it, too deep into anything today, and we've, we do have Ashley Watkins, Sam and Ash Law, they're going to be coming up around 4.15 or so. We're going to get into motorcycles and rentals and Mason Morelli. We're going to try to keep things light as much as possible here for... You on a on on a Wednesday, but yeah, the motorcycle I, thing has me really intrigued. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm super excited about it. But that being said, I want to give everybody a little bit of an incentive to have some fun. We got Tyler coming on. He's the director of fun. I want to lean into fun. You know that we started yesterday a pretty awesome contest here at Lotus Broadcasting, but also on Fox Sports Las Vegas. It is the hit the jackpot on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Contest. You could win up to $2,024 a day. All you have to do is listen in for a code word and then text that code word to our text line. And ordinarily, I'd, I'd kind of wait on this. But again, I, it was a rough night last night. I want to get to it as early as possible. So if you are listening, I'm going to give you the code word right now. And hopefully it does not create as much confusion as the code word yesterday did. Today's code word is Sinatra. Sinatra. Oh, I know that one. Well, yes. I mean, everybody should know that they one. They should. If you live here, you should know Sinatra. I okay? mean, you probably drive on it to get to his road to get to T-Mobile Arena. Well, there it is. Sinatra. Text Sinatra to 702-876-1340, and you'll be entered in for your chance to win $2,024. My buddy's cat. Is named Sinatra. Is it? Yes, he named his cat Sinatra. Okay. I don't think he has blue eyes. So everybody clear. Code word, Sinatra. Text it in, 702-876-1340. We want the winners. To come from this show. To come from this show. Yeah. That's our only goal. So text in right now, Sinatra, 702-876-1340. Okay. So the Golden Knights lose last night. Is, Is the outcome of the game important given the context of Mark Stone's injury? No. Yeah, I agree with you. Completely irrelevant. Means look. Like we're gonna dig into game ratings a little bit later yeah, on. I, I but think the outcome doesn't matter that much. I, like I said, I listen, I got to listen to the post game show on the way home last night and I heard mm-hmm. Stephanie's call. Yep. And I think what she said, for those who didn't hear it, it, it should resonate with every Golden Knights fan. It resonates with me. Mm-hmm. You get Shea Theodore back and you're like, All right, things are finally starting to look up. We're gonna be healthy down the stretch. Shea Theodore, Jack Eichel, William Carrier, hopefully they're not too far away. And then it all gets deflated with, first with William Carlson, mm-hmm. 
who who left the game for a little bit. And then you're, okay, he's back. Everything's good. Yeah. And then just a few minutes later, Mark Stone gets gets creamed you, by... You missed Keegan Colasar in there too, right? So yeah, you that's had, right. He missed William a Carlson yeah. miss a little bit of time in the second period. Same thing with Keegan Colasar. He blocks a shot. He goes down the tunnel. He's able like to it come hurt. back. It, it did look like it hurt. I mean, he was really, really close. So on two separate occasions, you were down two players in that second period. And then, as you mentioned, it's a big hit. Yakov Trenin, he absolutely unloads on Mark Stone. I don't view that as a dirty hit or a dirty play or anything like that. It is interference, 100% interference. It should have been called interference. And even though Yakov Trenin did get an interference penalty later on on the play, it was not for the hit on Mark Stone. Yeah, see, I didn't know that because yeah. I knew he got called for interference, and I just assumed it was for that. But then you go back and watch the replay, and he, like, tackles Paul Cotter in front of the net. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think they missed the the, the, the hit on Mark Stone. Yeah. I don't know how you miss it. I, I don't think it was... I don't think that they missed it. I think it was a judgment call. They let it go. I think the belief was it's just two players colliding. Like, I think the refs look at that play and they deem it incidental contact more than anything else. Like, it's two players realizing they're going to run into each other. They both brace for contact. Trennan is a massive human being, and Mark Stone gets the worst of it. And maybe maybe we're looking at, at it differently now, today, because Mark Stone got hurt. And he left the game, and we we don't know what the status of him is going to be. So maybe we're looking at it a little bit differently, right? If Mark Stone gets up, plays a third period, we're probably not even talking about it. No, probably not. But I think, and and, and I'm and you and me had the conversation before we went on the air. Mm. I like the way Nashville plays. Sure, I I like teams that go out there and play on the edge. I like teams that aren't afraid to mix it up. That's a team. Where if they had maybe a few more guys, they'd be a scary team. Sure. Because they have guys that will beat the crap out of you. Mm-hmm. And then they have guys, they have a couple guys who are all-world players in Philip Forsberg and Roman Yossi. Mm-hmm. And those guys didn't beat you last night, which is, I think, what what sucks. Part of the frustration. Yeah. But in, in the result. In the result. Yeah. The, like I said, though, the result, ultimately, don't even care. What I care about is the status of Mark Stone, because while you would expect Jack Eichel and William Carey to be returning soon, Mm -hmm. we don't know when, Mm -hmm. this is a team now that is entering a stretch where they're playing the Toronto Maple Leafs, who have caught fire, and a player who is on pace for maybe 75 goals coming into the building. You're playing them two in the next three nights, Mm -hmm. or next three games. You've got a tricky game against, I would say, a tricky Ottawa Senators team. They're pesky. You've got the Boston Bruins. Not easy. You've got Buffalo, who beat you earlier in the year. Revenge game. And then you've got Columbus. Okay. So, of these next six games, outside of Columbus, there's no gimmies. And and Columbus isn't even a gimme. I'll be honest with you. There's no gimme games this time of year. Yeah. I mean, you you played your last gimme game on Monday. Yeah, that's it. That's the one. I think you have one with Anaheim coming up. Still not a gimme game. But I just I don't view it that way. The, when you when you're looking at the Golden Knights and the injuries that they've dealt with all season long, I don't view anything right now as a gimme game. Okay. I just don't. But the the point being of these next six games, it's not easy. It's a it's a really, really tough road yeah. to navigate. Yeah. Especially with five of them being on the road. Okay. So 
we've gotten into it a little bit. We'll get a, a little bit deeper into it right now. And then again, we'll bring in Ashley Watkins with Sam and Ash Law in just a little bit, just after 4.15. Mark Stone takes the hit in the second period late from Yakov Trenin. Again, I didn't view it in any way, shape, or form as a play that would draw the ire of the Golden Knights. Like, obviously, if you're a player on that team, you never want to see the captain go down. You never want to go into a third period without Mark Stone available because he was injured on a play. You just don't want that. You never want that. But I also don't view it as this malicious play at all from Yakov Trenin. I just think, again, it was incidental contact, two players colliding in the neutral zone. Interference, absolutely. Anything malicious, no. So therefore, like I, I wasn't looking for a big response. I, I'll tell you why I was encouraged, though, from the Golden Knights. The response wasn't in physicality, though there was some of that there in the third period. It was in trying to win the game. Yeah, they come out, start the third period, they get the quick goal. And best all of period a, of the game for them. And all of us, best period they've probably played in three or four games. I, I think the first period against Carolina was better. Okay. Just I think generally fair. speaking, I think it was better. But obviously they scored more goals. They made it really interesting. Who knows what would happen if they were better six on five? Yeah. Like, I mean, frankly, it, you look at that game. If this team was better at six on five, they probably, they probably, they probably get a point out they of that. They probably tie the game. Yeah. So, they probably send it to OT. Yeah. So, Mark Stone doesn't play in the third period. Again, as I mentioned, the Golden Knights did not practice today. So, no update from practice on the Golden Knights. But GM Kelly McCrimmon joined the sick podcast. It's called the Eye Test with Jimmy Murphy and Pierre Maguire. You know, you remember Pierre Maguire. Speaking of the Ottawa Senators, yeah. Yeah. Good friend of the show. Yeah. Pierre Maguire. So McCrimmon goes on the podcast. He talks about kind of a lot of different things when it, when it comes to the Golden Knights, what goes into uh, the organization's idea on contracts, extensions, where they're at with certain players, like all of that stuff. If you are a Golden Knight fan, I, I, I tell you right now, find the podcast I tweeted it out or reposted it, I guess, on X, if you want to call it that. Um, earlier today, do yourself a favor, get into that. I, I promise you it's a it's a good listen, and you're going to want to get into it. However, the idea, the topic of Mark Stone, his health, and the health of Jack Eichel did come up, and the following updates is what we got out of Kelly McCrimmon today on the SICK podcast. He said that Mark Stone's getting testing done, and that he expects him to be out of the lineup for a while. That's a cl- that's a qualifier. We don't know truthfully how long that might be, but the expectation is that Mark Stone will not play for the Golden Knights tomorrow, and that it might be some time before we see Mark Stone back in the fold. However, the updates on Jack Eichel and Will Carrier better. If you're a Golden Knight fan, Eichel's rehab continues to go well. He has been skating, and he is... Moving in the right direction, McCrimmon expects that Eichel and Carrier are getting closer and should be back sooner than later. So not great just initially in terms of the news on Mark Stone, but it feels like you're getting closer and closer with Jack Eichel and Will Carrier. Yeah, certainly that that would indicate, you know, that based on what Kelly's saying, that that's, that's pretty close to happening. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, this team has proven that they can win games without Mark Stone. Yeah. They did it last year down the Had stretch. To. So... What it maybe does is you get William Carrier, and I'm you know I'm trying to be a magic eight ball, you know, optimistic here. But you get Jack Eichel, William Carrier back, you maybe win some games, and all of a sudden you've got 
additional cap space at the trade deadline. Oh, and, Chapman. And already I know, I know, I know. You went there. I know the conspiracy theories. Oh, they keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what what team in their right mind wants to put their best players on IR? It's just stupid. Okay. But it's 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 going to be an option now, maybe. So we're gonna we're gonna table that conversation. We'll pick it back up in hour number two of the VGK Insider Show. But right now we're going to get to the legal minute. It's time for the legal minute with Sam and Ash on the VGK Insider Show. It's the legal minute with Sam and Ash. If you're in a crash, call Sam and Ash, 702-820-1234, or go to SamandAshLaw.com. Joined right now by Ashley Watkins of Sam and Ash. Hey, Ashley, how you doing? I'm great. How are you? Uh, you know, I'm doing well. It's It's been kind of a, a tough start to the show, obviously, with the news on, on Mark Stone injured yesterday in the game against the Nashville Predators. Uh, but, you know, you look at some things. You look at the bright side. You get Shea Theodore back in the lineup. Uh, Jack Eichel and, and Will Carrier are, are kind of on the horizon for the Golden Knights. And this has kind of been the story of their season, right? It's all about resiliency when it comes to Vegas. Yes, it is. And it's all about being healthy in the playoffs. So. Mm-hmm. Let's get these out, these injuries out of the way and so we can go into the playoffs healthy and rested and ready to win another one. And so, you know, sometimes when you have injuries, it does provide an opportunity for other players inside the organization to either make their NHL debuts or get more time up with the National Hockey League team. One such player, Mason Morelli, he made his NHL debut for the Golden Knights on Monday, scored a goal, an assist, in the Golden Knights 4 nothing victory over the San Jose Sharks. And the beautiful thing about Mason Morelli is he spent the majority of the season with the Henderson Silver Knights. And, you know, when you think about all the players that have kind of come in this season from Henderson and, and made an impact for the Golden Knights at the National Hockey League level and, and given your affiliation with the Henderson Silver Knights, like, do you, do you get maybe an extra sense of pride in those moments knowing uh, just how closely tied you are to Henderson? Yeah, I think we all do as a community. It's really fun. You know, you go out and you get a Henderson Silver Knights jersey, and for Brendan Brisson or, you know, uh, Morelli, and then next thing you know, you're at a VGK game, and there they are, and they're succeeding. And so, yeah, there's a lot of pride. And, you know, it's a testament to the whole organization, top to bottom, that they are running a system, and that's critical, that, you know, when a Henderson Silver Knight player gets called up, they're prepared to play, and the VGK program knows how to integrate them effectively. And so it's really nice, and I think it's a luxury luxury we enjoy maybe more than other towns have with their teams. Yeah, I, I think that that's a really good point because, you know, oftentimes you'll see AHL affiliates maybe not necessarily in the same state, let alone really in a, in, a, in a city that's right next door. And so I think that familiarity with the with the area and, and having everything be so close really does set the players up for success. And, and that's huge when you're trying to make professional athletes comfortable. 100%. I mean, we deal with that in the office all the time. You know, you at some point, you got to trust the new associate to grow and to take over a new file, to go to a hearing. And you kind of got to nudge them, but you know, you prepare them and day in and day out for that experience. And you know that they're not going to fail when they're given the opportunity because 
you've built them up and you know you have great quality players and in our sense uh, attorneys and staff and mm-hmm. so it's really great to see and also it's kind of funny you know the dollar loan center is literally a mini t-mobile arena <laughs> so it's even got the peaks it's got the the fortress they do so much similar with the entire production that mm-hmm. you know it probably eliminates some of the the jitters of going to the big show not to mention the salmon ash tilt yard <laughs> yes not to mention that okay so Let's get into something that I think is really interesting. Um, And this is the idea that there's a a motorcycle rental business that's thinking about coming to Fremont Street. It's it's right now kind of a a proposal. It's going to be moving in front of the city officials after uh, the planning commission gave its approval yesterday. Um, Like, I guess when you look at something like this, right, when you are renting out vehicles in this case motorcycles three-wheel motorcycles like Mm -hmm. at at what point do you sit back and think this is probably not a good idea to make this so accessible specifically on fremont street yeah i i'm concerned a lot you know we see it with you know the handicapped scooters Mm -hmm. you see a lot of people renting those on the strip and then they're they're operating those and not necessarily in a safe manner. And they're carrying their open giant yard of frozen margarita with them. Yeah. And so I worry that this is one step removed and people are going to forget that this is a powerful motor vehicle. Even though it's open air, it's three wheels, that it's still a dangerous um, operation and take it seriously. And so when I look at this, I, putting it closer, I get why they want to do it as a business. Mm-hmm. But for me as a consumer and also just someone, a local, it's frustrating because people come here to kind of do things that they wouldn't otherwise do. And I worry that that's get behind a wheel, uh, intoxicated, do something they're not familiar with in the vehicle and get to high rates of speed. And it's just dangerous for the community. So I'm just hopeful that they find a way to maybe have uh, sobriety checks, you know, the interlock system to make sure that people getting behind the wheel are, in fact, entirely sober. And then last but not least, I want to make sure that these vehicles are entirely maintained safely, you know, that the, the company is ensuring people get behind the vehicle, have a vehicle that's safe to drive, that the wheels have been uh, replaced frequently enough, that they're the right air pressure, that all of the brakes operate correctly, all of that's up to par because, you know, we don't want tourists to get hurt. It's bad for our town. Mm-hmm. Um, so all in all, there's a lot of concerns here, and I'm worried about it, but I'm hoping for the best. You know, you you kind of made my, my, my point for me. It seemed like we, we started with those scooters, and this just seemed like the natural progression down ignorant road. Um, so... When yeah, it, you, that's well said. I mean, it, it, it just listen. I have to go downtown a few times a week, and and it's already a nightmare driving around Fremont Street and and anywhere around there. But you 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 now add the congestion. So, what does the insurance look like for something like this? Great question. That's another thing that we deal with with a lot of these exotic car rentals. Who owns the vehicle? Who owns these three wheel slingshots? Who's insuring them? Is it whoever owns it, which is maybe just some random person who bought it a few years ago, doesn't want to make the payments anymore, so they're loaning it to this company? Or is it the rental company themselves that is the owners of all of the vehicles, they're operating them and making sure they're all fully maintained, and they're insuring them? 
So there's a lot of issues. There's a lot of concerns that I have just from my perspective, dealing with it on the other side when things go wrong. Um, so hopefully because they already know that they're going up against something difficult by putting it so close to the fund, so to speak, that they're going to be above board on insurance, maintenance, everything else. It, is this similar to renting a car or different? 100%. Um, mm. These three-wheel vehicles, they're motor vehicles. When I mm. I had to – we did a charity event, and it was a ride for a cause, and it's a motorcycle ride typically – but I don't road, ride motorcycles, so they got us these three-wheel Vanderhalls, which are really fun and similar to slingshots. But we had to go through, we had to show insurance, we had to show like our driver's license, all of that to make sure that we were legal to rent the vehicle for the day. In the event of an accident, who's liable? Is it, is it the person driving? Is it the company? Is, yeah. is, is, is it a combination of both? It's the it's the drive. You're going to look at the driver. You're going to look at the company, the owner. You look at everyone because you know if these injuries are catastrophic enough or extensive enough, you have to make sure that there's enough insurance coverage available to for someone to to fully recover what their damages are: medical bills, pain and suffering, all of that. So, driver, owner, um, renter, everyone's going to be on the hook. How similar would this be? I, I don't know if you were, were in town yet, but a couple of years ago there was, uh, I think it was called Speedway Vegas, and there was mm-hmm. a, a fatal accident out there. Mm-hmm. So in the event, I, I don't remember what the the actual, um, so you know, the way that resolved itself in terms of insurance and, and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. would, would it be a similar type of situation where you're basically signing a waiver and, and you are – basically absolving the company of any type of, of legal action if you're seriously injured on one of these things? Well, in this case, you're, you're unlikely to be signing a waiver because you're taking control of the vehicle. Now, what I, if I recall that Speed Vegas incident, the, if you do sign a waiver, there's still ways around it. It's you're, like If the company that rents you the vehicle fails to reasonably maintain that vehicle and as a result of something that you couldn't have possibly known just by looking at the car, it causes an, a crash, an accident, and your injuries. Now, regardless of whether you sign that waiver, that company's gross negligence lets you get around it. So you're basically, when you sign those documents, you're assuming the obvious risks associated with the, the activity, not yeah. the unknowns. You know, and that's interesting because you you mentioned that in terms of the motorcycles, the slingshots too. Like, not only are you looking at it from a liability standpoint from insurance, but there's there's also maintenance upkeep that has to be there that can provide a danger to the people that are renting it as well. One hundred percent. And you know, in order for these companies to make money, they've got to turn those vehicles and rent them a lot of times in a single day. And so you just want to make sure that they're taking good care of them because. Before you get behind the wheel, you want to make sure that that thing has everything all tied down and uh, belted and everything's above board. You know, this is obviously something that we're, we're looking at at Fremont Street, but there are rental places like that here in Vegas. If if someone maybe has questions or, or something happened to them with, with, you know, a rental before, how can they get in touch with you? 702 Three four um, or salmonashlaw.com. We've got a easy, free 
two seconds, you know, fill out a form and we'll get in touch with you and let you know what's going on. If you've got a case, if not, and if you just have questions Mm -hmm. about what to look for as you potentially rent one of these exotic vehicles or these slingshots, please give us a call. We're happy to talk you through it and make sure you're making a safe decision for you and your family. Great. I, I love it. You, you, you're so patient with us. You're talking us through it at, right here on the radio, <laughs> and you're you're going to talk your clients through. Uh, Ashley, thanks for jumping on. Uh, as, as always, enjoy the rest of your week, and we'll chat with you again on Wednesday. All right. Love it. Thank you. That's Ashley Watkins with Sam and Ash Law. If you're in a crash, call Sam and Ash, 702-820-1234, or go to SamAndAshLaw.com. We're back with more on the VGK Insider Show. Rolling around here on uh, Wednesday. VGK Insider Show, Ryan Wallace, Chris Chapman, hanging out for the next 90 minutes or so. Uh, Again, word of the day, Sinatra. Text Sinatra to 702-876-1340 to be entered into the Hit the Jackpot on Fox Sports Las Vegas contest. And you could win $2,024 every day. Why would you not just text in Sinatra? Like, there literally is no... I don't know, maybe you really like, like Nissan Sentras. Yeah, yeah, Sinatra. Sinatra. S-I-N-A-T-R-A. Sinatra. Okay, so with that out of the way, we're going to bring in our next guest. This is a great deal of booking from, from Chris Chapman. You had the idea to bring on this gentleman. It's Tyler Ferraro, the Director of Entertainment Experience for the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, Tyler, number one, thanks for jumping on and, and doing the show. And number two, what the heck is a director of entertainment experience? Hey, hey guys. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. And, uh, to answer number two, uh, I'm still figuring that out, uh, as well, but, um, <laughs> basically, uh, I'm lucky enough to work with uh, an absolutely phenomenal team here on the entertainment, uh, production experience team, uh, BGK. And, uh, I, I guess, my job is essentially so every game I write scripts for the game. I, I kind of work with the team on what's going to go inside every TV timeout. And then during the game, uh, from the top of section 14, I, I'm, I'm producing and calling the game and, and saying, let's put this drop in, let's do this go, let's go and make noise. And I work with our hosts and our talent and our cast and crew and uh, work with a phenomenal team up with the control room led by Jeff Chavez. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a busy, busy role, but it's a lot of fun. How did this all start for you? Oh boy. Um, I, I gotta be totally by luck. Mm. If I'm being honest, um, I was a film studies major in, in college over in North Carolina. I grew so I grew up a big Carolina hurricanes fan. So oh, nice. last Saturday was a lot of fun for me. Anytime they come into town, it's always fun. Um, so I loved hockey and funny enough, like I already had like Vegas golden Knights gear. Cause I was like, Oh, I'm going to. Vegas Golden Knights to be my West Coast team. I'm going to follow them and cheer for them on the West Coast, but Carolina by default. And then uh, my senior year of college in 2017, I was having an existential crisis because I didn't want to go back and live with my mom and work at a movie theater. I love my mom. I just didn't want to work at a movie theater. <laughs> um, I think she's listening right now, so I love you, Mom. Um, and I reached out to uh, our initial VP of entertainment, Johnny Greco, I had to create a free trial of LinkedIn premium to, to, to hit him up. And mm-hmm. uh, he reached out to me like the next day, this is in like March or something. He reached out back to me and I skipped the rest of my classes in college that day. Cause I was like freaking out. Cause I'd applied to so many jobs. And, like no one, no one responds to so college kid, whatever. So, um, but we started going back and forth and uh, luckily enough, I was just like, look, just give me an internship. Like I, I don't, I, I know I'm 
I'm not looking to be like a manager or director right now. Like I, I have no experience. I I'm hope that I'm a creative enough guy that I can make it work, but I went back and forth. So I graduated in May of 2017 and I was living and working in Vegas by July of 2017. And uh, I was just an intern that year, that first year, they made me full time uh, in the off season after the Stanley cup run that first year. And uh, haven't really looked back since. That's that's actually like I I didn't know anything about your background like I had no idea that you were from North Carolina I I just assumed you were a Vegas guy but one of the things that I've always wondered and and Ryan and I you know we sit up in the press box and we we pay attention to what's going on the players have told us that they're aware of what's going on Alex Tuck once told me that his favorite was the the scene from Three Hundred yeah where yeah. where the Golden Knight kicks the enemy into the into the pit of darkness but how do you go about I guess getting the license and, and like what's the process like to be able to use family guy or star Wars or 300 on the big screen. I mean, I know steamboat Willie is now no longer trademark. So I guess that's free reign, but like, I love that by the way, but like something like family guy is clearly not. So, so how do you go about getting the, 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 the approvals to use those things? We kind of just have like a blanket, like, it's 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 kind of tough to explain, but it, it, legality of it is kind of complicated and everything like that. But we kind of have like a like it's the same way with music, right? So mm. like we don't have the rights to play any of the music that Joe Green like we can't put on social Joe Green like mix or something like that because it's all licensed songs. But in arena, you know, you can get away with that kind of stuff because it's not being put on broadcast, it's not being put on TV or anything like that. So there's a little bit of a, a, a line there that, that, we, that we work with. And obviously plenty of other teams kind of do the clips and, and movie clips and, and, and whatnot. I think our team does it a little bit better than other teams. Um, and I've been say, lucky enough to, to look at and, and shadow other teams' game presentations and not to knock them at all. Like they, they have great shows, but um, I love our show. I think our show is absolutely phenomenal. And um, it's, it's compliments and kudos to the team here just, creatively thinking of ways to incorporate some of those clips and those prompts and re-editing them to make them Vegasified, just like that 300 says, this is Vegas. And mm. um, we wanted to run that one last night, but then they got the empty net goal. So we were like, oh, let's put it put on the back burner. Tyler Ferraro, director of entertainment experience for the Vegas Golden Knights, joining us here to talk all things entertainment, fun, excitement, yeah. uh, game day experience. So uh, Tyler, walk me through like, a game for you, right? Because, I mean, I know what I do in terms of my prep for the show. I know all the different themes and the elements that I've got to hit on. But, like, what is what is a day in the life like for Tyler Ferraro during a game? Yeah. So, game day actually starts a day before the game day. Mm. So, for example, today I work really closely with uh, my partner in creative crime, I call her, Emma Kazian, who's our <laughs> manager of entertainment experience. We both work on the script together. Um, I finalized the script. So the script for tomorrow's game has been sent off. It's done. I send out a timing sheet um, to, to the whole organization pretty much about here's what the pregame timing and everything looks like. So it really starts today for tomorrow. Um, and then tomorrow I'll get to the arena probably around 1030 in the morning. Um, I'll work with Emma on just making sure that all of our things, our props and, and prizes and stuff are, are confirmed, good to go. Uh, we'll walk through the script with me and her a little bit. And then uh, right around 1.30, we have full rehearsals, um, which kind of constitutes just uh, our control room. So uh, Jeff Chavez up in the control room, who 
kind of he's a director of live production. He's kind of calling cameras and working with our technical director on clips and everything like that. And we go through all of any any new content that we may have. So if we have any new noise prompts, we'll test them, make sure they run. We run through the entire open. We drop the helmet to the ice to make sure that the rigging and everything works. Uh, we'll test projectors, lighting. Uh, we'll run through the whole show and, and any new stuff that we may have. Then we have a meeting with our stage manager team, which uh, we have a phenomenal team of stage managers. We have about six stage managers every game, and if they're doing their job, you wouldn't know that they're there, and they're doing their job really, really well. They're really kind of behind the scenes, picking contestants and escorting people to point A to point B. Hmm. Uh, so we have a meeting with just them, talk about all the points that they need to do. Then at 4.30, we have a full script review. That includes our host, DJ, PA, um, a bunch of some of our cast and, and uh, some of our crew, control room, everything like that. Uh, we go through the script line by line. Um, we use a program called Showflow, which is really, really helpful for you know keeping track of all the sponsorship elements that we have uh, and all the other fun stuff that we want to do. We go through, I think our show's like 170 lines of script, um, which wow. is a lot. I've seen sh- other NHL shows that have like 60 to 75 lines. Huh. Uh, we have 170. Uh, which is super, super cool. Um, <laughs> and we go through everything, make sure that it's all good. And then after that, uh, we meet with all of our entertainment teams, our Vivas, our Nightline, our Bells, our Night Guard, give them a couple meetings, a couple updates. And then the march starts an hour before puck drop. Uh, warm-ups start soon after that. And then by the time warm-ups start, I'm usually at the top of Section 14, locked in for the rest of the game. Warm-ups is like my last chance to like, use the bathroom or like do anything. <laughs> from that point on, like, I got to be locked in. So, um, yeah, and then the game ends. Tomorrow's game will end at, what, like 10-ish or mm-hmm. 9, 30, 10. Yeah. After that, we'll kind of have a little post-game meeting with the, with the group. Um, just, hey, any notes, anything like that. Um, sometimes you have to load a bunch of our props and stuff out. So we'll probably get out of there, like, 10, 30, 11 tomorrow. So it's a good, you know, 13, 14-hour day on game days, typically. Yeah, uh, that, that's... That's a lot, obviously. Yeah. Um, okay, so you know when you start to think about putting your own flavors, your own elements into the production or just into the pregame show, like one of the things that I love about the Golden Knights, and it's been here from day number one right through uh, to what I'm expecting to see tomorrow before the show, uh, you've got this this really fun atmosphere you've got a, a show that's on the ice you've got the golden knight now you've got the, the the squire he's joining like when you get to add these different elements to that pregame show how much does that maybe ratchet up the creativity and, and the storytelling that you're trying to uh, to unfold there yeah absolutely uh last, so for playoffs last year right we added a dragon character to the to the pregame open and that gave yep. us a lot of tools and variables to play with and things that we've never really done before. So that was a lot of cool, a lot of fun. Uh, this year, obviously, we've added the Squire. And I think in the open that you see uh, that we're running right now, we were able to kind of do a lot of things that we've never really been able to do before uh, in our pregame show. And that's having like kind of multiple characters on the good guy's side uh, as opposed to the bad guy's side, which is cool, kind of cool. Also, our Squire is like a professional sword fighter over at uh, the Terminator King show. Um, so he's choreographing these phenomenal things that we've also never really had access to. It's usually awesome. kind of just been me, Patrick, our, our director of uh, post-production and, and Jeff just kind of swinging swords and thinking it looks cool. But now we have a professional guy helping us with it. Um, so the whole like back to back good guy, our golden Knight squire fight was really fun to, to execute. And then also too, 
having the squire interact in different ways on the ice with the Golden Knights. And so we have right now we have the Golden Knight on the ice doing some stuff. And then the squire comes in to kind of help from above and that interacts with the ice to go back to the Golden Knight. And it kind of just goes back to we've always wanted our, our show to kind of just be this 360 immersive experience. So, you know, you're looking right and now suddenly something's going on left and then you look up and then you look at the castle and come down on the ice. Like you want everything to be super um, like in your face and just like no matter where you look, something's going on. Um, and we always have a lot of fun with that. Obviously playoffs, we get a little bit more intense with it just because it's so finely crafted to the specific team we're playing. And that gives, that alone gives us so much more to play with because during the regular season, we have to kind of have to create a show that will work for 24 teams that we play during the course of its run. Yeah. But in the playoffs, we know we're facing one team. That's our variable. We can do a million things with that one team because it's going to be so focused on that team. And that's where I think our creative juices really get rocking. And we have a lot of fun with playoffs for sure. Man, there's so many, there's so many things I, I, I want to ask you. But <laughs> you, you kind of brought up the Squire and the Golden Knight and, and the pre-show. But you guys go on location to film some of these openings. So, I mean, I know you don't have the budget of like a big Hollywood movie. So how do you how do you scout a location yeah. to maybe film the Golden Knight walking through the desert or up in the mountains? And he's he's uh, one season he was walking through the snow. Mm-hmm. So like, how do you find these locations? I mean, it, it seems like it's a small thing when you're watching it, but I'm sure it's a really big thing behind the scenes. Oh yeah, hundred percent for sure. And I, I, we're really proud just of a, a testament to the city that we live in. That like all these places, like everything you've ever seen, other than we did one in Montana, I think like year two or something like that. But every every open you've seen has always been in Vegas, and it's just a testament to how phenomenal the city is and and the location it's in. Because you could be obviously in a desert with sand dunes, or in a snowy mountaintop or at a, a river by a ghost town. Like all these locations are phenomenal. So mm-hmm. um, we've picked a, a few at this point that we really kind of like that we jive with that fits our theme and our brand pretty well. Um, the one, the Seattle Kraken open, for example, uh, that was on location at that um, uh, when they Seattle's first season, when um, it was like a 30,000 leagues under the sea bar, like it literally opened up a week before we wanted to film. We didn't have a location yet oh, wow. and it opened up and we went there and we're like, Oh my God, this is phenomenal. Can we please film here um, <laughs> for our open? And it had the octopus on the wall and everything. It was unbelievable. Um, and we also shot on the, um, uh, the pirate ship outside treasure, uh, treasure Island uh, for that open as well, which is super cool. Just to be filming right there on the strip, but the way our editing team, Patrick and Jeff, and Alec and Maddie kind of edited that open to make it feel like you're not on the script. It was really, was really, really cool. And um, yeah, it, it's definitely a, a situation for Mount Charleston. We drove around Mount Charleston for like two hours one day, a couple years ago, just like pulling off at every kind of pull off area, just being like, okay, does this area kind of work? Do these trees work? Is, is there enough open patch here for a sword fight? That kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's quite a, quite a task, but I mean, at the end of the day, we're scouring a mountaintop to find an area to have a sword fight. So it's, it's not that bad. You can't really complain. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. And, uh, we, and we love featuring Vegas in that way too. And we've told people before, cause everything we do is in house. Like even our ice projection is, is led by Dan and, and Jalen and another gentleman named Tyler. They, they're amazing at it. Um, so we tell people all the time, like, yeah, this is like, 
30 minutes from our office. And people are like, what are you talking? There's no way. I'm like, yeah, no, like there's snow up there right now. Like it's insane. So, um, yeah, we, we love doing it. It's a lot of fun. All right. Um, we're up against it, but I, I, I'd be remiss if I don't bring this up. You are notorious for Star Wars Easter eggs in opens throughout the, the history of the Vegas Golden Knights. My personal favorite is the throwing of the rocks. It's it's a throwback, to, obviously, to the Obi-Wan Kenobi yeah. series. Um, what is your favorite Star Wars Easter egg that you've snuck in? Yeah, absolutely. So, first off, the Star Wars Easter egg thing is, it's just our little way to, like, have fun, because you have to have fun when you're doing this gig, because if you're not having fun, that shows. So, it's our fun little way to challenge ourselves, and a lot of us love Star Wars. Some of us don't, but they deal with it. Um, <laughs> They're <laughs> but, wrong, too, uh, by the way. My, fav- my favorite one, 100%, has to be um, Stanley Cup final this past season, hmm. uh, Florida Panthers, bad guy saying unlimited power, yeah. like Paul Patine. Um, It started as a joke, completely <laughs> as a joke, where uh, Patrick, who, um, who edited that, uh, opened and everything like that, and he's also the voice of the bad guy, by the way. He's does some voice modulation to make his voice sound bad, but every once in a while you'll walk by his office and he's talking in the mic as a bad guy, and then he puts all the voice modulation on it. But um, <laughs> he showed us a rough cut of that open like the day or two before it aired, and he slid in unlimited power as a joke for because we're all Star Wars dorks. Mm-hmm. And uh, me, Jeff, Emma was there. We all kind of looked at each other we're like, uh, I mean, that's kind of awesome. Like, we should maybe keep it in. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we showed Andrew, our VP, and we didn't think Andrew would like it. But yeah. Andrew was like, hey, if you're, if you're going to do it, now's the time to do it. Like, it's you know, like a final. Let's do it. And uh, I, can't, I can't believe that we actually did it. But it worked out because, like, at that point, Florida was the most powerful team. Paul Patino is the most powerful villain in Star mm-hmm. Wars. It makes sense. They have unlimited power. They beat the Bruins. Like, this makes sense. And so we did it, and it worked. And it's my favorite one by far. Yeah, I, I picked up on that one pretty quickly. That was uh, yeah, that, that was, was a phenomenal that one wasn't one. as subtle as our, we have some really <laughs> no, subtle ones. But. No, for sure, um, buddy. This this has been awesome. This has been really really fun. <laughs> I, I can't thank you enough for taking a little bit of time on on a Wednesday, especially with a game tomorrow uh, to to come on by and, and speak with us, talk with us. So uh, anytime, Absolutely. anytime you have time, uh, we've got plenty more questions to to kind of pick your I, brain on this stuff. So uh, thanks for jumping on, bud. Absolutely. Teams on the road for the next two weeks. I got plenty of time. Yeah, there it is. And who knows? Maybe maybe we'll uh, we'll need a, a co-host at some point for Darren Millard next week. Uh, Tyler, there thanks so go. much for j- jumping on, buddy. Enjoy the rest of your day, and uh, we'll chat with you soon. Appreciate it. Enjoy the game tomorrow, everybody. Thank you very much. Awesome stuff there from Tyler Ferraro, the director of entertainment experience for the Vegas Golden Knights. We're back with our number two of the VGK Insider Show.